0: Hi, this is Scott from Crystal Ball and you're listening to Focus on Metal.
1: Hey Metalheads, Scott Thompson here. Welcoming you to episode 308 of Focus on Metal. Got a pretty good show for you this week as we welcome back Scott Leach of Crystal Ball. Had him on a few years back when they released Life Rider. Back again this week as they just recently put out their new one, Deja Voodoo. If that wasn't enough. Also, this week we welcome to the show Steve today and he is from the New York Progressive Metal Band. Yep, and we'll have a spelling lesson later on how to spell that sucker, as well as a little bit of a vocabulary lesson as we learn about what a pareidolia is. So whole psychological pareidolia science thing going on. Who says that metal isn't educational? Go tell your mother that one. She was afraid you are going to grow up a metalhead. Now you find out you can learn stuff. So, two great guests as uh, you enjoy your day before Thanksgiving. And I'm really wishing that Richie was around this week. He's over in Ireland visiting families and friends. But, uh, you know, as you know, on the 18th of November, Metallica dropped their new one. Hardwired to self-destruct that was waiting in my mailbox when I got home that Friday evening. And I've been living with that one ever since. And really unlike Death Magnetic or uh, even Saint Anger before that, really got into this one and uh, just, I don't know what it is. It's it's grown on me, really digging it. I wish Richie was here so we could kind of discuss it a bit. But you know, I've been thinking a lot about it and and I'm just kind of wondering if it's the fact that I like the riffs and the songs and the content and the lyric and all that good stuff, or is this more a case of being a little bit more familiar with the overall sound? Because, you know, this album does have things that harken back to like Saint Anger, little riffs, some some phrasing, things like that that are there. And then there's an the overall kind of tonality and feel that we had on Death Magnetic. That's back on this album as well, as also just some of that familiar themes and everything from Death Magnetic. It's almost like, in a little bit of a way, almost like a DM part two, some of the drums and things. just, I don't know, they just sound very familiar like that. So I don't know, still early days with the new one, but uh, like I said, hopefully when Richie's back, we can discuss it some more in depth and get his opinion on it as well. And before we get into the show proper I just want to remind you that if you're looking for more great content like focus on metal then you can always head up to earpeeler.com those guys aggregate all kinds of great hard rock and metal podcasts video casts all that stuff all in one spot every week every day in fact you can find great stuff there so as again earpeeler.com and they don't pay me to say this they're just they're good guys doing a great service to all of us here in the community so again earpeeler.com and uh, be sure to check them out so a uh, very busy week this week with uh, both scott leach as well as steve today and So I thought with uh, all that going on that this week I would just skip over track of the week and get right into the interviewage. So with that, I'm going to play the title track off of Crystal Ball's new one, Deja Voodoo, and we'll go right into my interview with
2: Scott Leach.
0: How are you?
1: All right. It uh, can't believe it's uh, only been uh, just a little bit over a year since the last time I talked to you when Life Rider came out, and uh, I guess uh, you guys were getting to be a little bit prolific here.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's not, not that long ago, right? Yeah,
1: I was. I was just kind of. I was kind of amazed when you know they hit me up, and I was like, "Wait a minute! I just. I think it's only been like about a year." And I and I looked back and was like, "Yeah, I talked to you in June of 2015." So, uh, and I know that uh, then this new one came out what in July. Um, no, in in
0: September actually
1: in Europe. Yeah, that's right. And you, that's right. And you guys have de- you delayed the U.S. release for uh, October, I think. Right. Yeah. Making us wait. Not not good. That's okay though. I ordered it right from Nuclear Blast <laughs> in
0: Europe, so I'm not waiting. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, actually, they told us it should be at the same time, but you know, somehow it did not work. So yeah. it's October seventh now. Yeah. yeah it's kind of
1: weird. They went to that unified release date and, and already like. What, about about uh like six or eight months later, we're already getting the releases are splitting again between the US and Europe. So yeah, I
0: don't know what the point when that was. <laughs> no. I don't know, maybe it's the shipping or something. I I mean that cannot take two months, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. anyway. Yeah. So
1: uh obviously uh, you know, talking to you about your brand new album is called Deja Voodoo and uh uh, very very cool album again. I Absolutely love the guitar tones on it, I, especially the you know the first one really uh, with the title track. The way you guys layered that stuff in, I love the opening of that. The way it kind of has that lo-fi thing, and then you you fully kick in. I thought that was that was
0: great how you did that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I like that um, beginning too. Yeah, yeah. and just and, and it
1: also just it really focused the attention on actually the the tone of the guitar as well, which is like I don't know just a little different than a, a lot of the guitar tone that you hear it's still it's crunchy and everything else that's there but there's just like there's something else to it which is very cool
0: yeah I'm glad you like it um I'm, uh, at first I was a bit skeptical but after a while I thought that's a really cool and kind of um as you told maybe not so much heard guitar tone and uh we went for that one to make it sound a little bit different than the last album
1: yeah. Oh yeah. It definitely sounds different than the last album. You know, you put this on and it's like, wow, just it seemed like uh you guys were were actually on a on a mission with this one and the I mean really like the first three the first three cuts just hit you bang, 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 and uh I was like, All right, we're we're on a roll here and uh of course you know, I, I like the way you did end up sequencing the album. So you have, you know, a bunch of heavy hitters, then you slow it down for a little while and then you kinda get a mid paced one and you and you jack it back up again and at the very end with uh Especially like Dr. Hellno just kind of raises it up again, so it's uh yeah, I like the way you guys did all the sequencing on it
0: thank you we were um, we had long discussions you know about the order of the songs on the c d and and we changed it back and forth and um it was really hard to to make a decision <laughs> how to order those songs yeah well it
1: it came out really well, and uh you know besides the tone too, I like the fact that there's a lot of changing up in uh in all like the solo breaks, too. You know, you get a solo break like suspended where it's like that, like for the harmonics and it's melodic and all that. And, and then you get something like, I really like the progression you guys did with the break in, in Dr. Hell No, where you kind of go through uh, little chapters through it until you kick back in the song. And I thought that was, like, every song seems to have a, there isn't like a cookie cutter approach. And it's, it's pretty cool. It kind of uh, also adds an extra element to the album.
0: Well, thank you so much. I'm pleased to hear you. You like it that, that way. It's um, some of most of the time. It's I don't really think about that much. You know how to do it. I just feel okay. I go by how it feels. You know. Now we have to do something else. Or of course, every once in a while, you listen to a song or a solo, and then you decide, okay, we need to do something else. But very often, it's um, like a verse, verse or a chorus. Theme to to solo over, for example.
1: Yeah, it's just you know you figure you guys you know your nine albums in, and and sometimes bands at that point you start to settle into a pattern or whatever. But I mean, definitely, just even the album on a whole from Life Rider to this one, I mean, they're they're very different albums. But the only thing that's similar is it's the band, and you got the Life Rider you know symbol on the cover again, you know, kind of a little bit, but. But, uh, otherwise it's, it's, uh, it's still, you know, it's different and does, and the amazing thing is, is, you know, you're backwards with, with Stefan Kaufman doing it again. And, uh, does he have a, like a lot of input into what you guys are doing for arrangements and stuff?
0: yeah he's a really uh, experienced producer of course and we can always benefit from him it's it's not huge but still on every song he has one or two ideas that that, that improve the song sometimes it's the groove sometimes it's some chords sometimes it's a melody line you know he's really multi talented so he knows every instrument he thinks as a as a musician as a whole so sometimes he, he comes up with melodies that maybe played on guitar, maybe on, on a keyboard. As I said, sometimes it's, it's you know, a bass line, whatever. He, he just sees the song as a whole and, and tries to put some extra in it. And uh, we can benefit from that, of course. And we learn also, So we because this is already our, uh, let me think, I think our sixth production with him. So... We know him quite well, but still, there's lots of uh, things that I'm always amazed of <laughs> while working with him, and uh, I still can learn a lot from him. Yeah, yeah,
1: and uh, you know, you do mention groove, and I guess that is one of the thing that has stayed, you know, between the albums, is you guys always have a have a groove to the songs as well. And I mean, even you know, a song like like Fool's Parade, which is kind of a more of a, of, a, of a heavy track, and it could have easily gone into something that was really heavy and plotting, and, and yet you guys still put a groove behind that one.
0: Yeah, right. Um, most of the, of the grooves <clears throat> on this album are maybe a little more straightforward um, than on the last album, <clears throat> so maybe even easier to play, but then again... Um, they support the song better maybe just really simple straightforward and um nothing fancy but it, it kind of gives a push to the songs for example the uh, the song never guarantee is really uh pumping so at least it feels pumping to me and and uh, that's something that happened through production we had a different slightly different drum rules before and and you know we get that input from uh, Stefan Kaufmann and it helped the song a lot to to go it makes it almost like a danceable <laughs> song
1: you know never a guarantee is kind of more of, a, of an it opens up a bit more as, as well and uh, and you're right it, it does have that one and that's another one I guess it could have gone like the wrong way but it, it definitely it, it maintains a pretty cool groove in it
0: yeah right that's um, absolutely
1: so you know obviously uh, odd title that we have for the album and uh, what's kind of what's the story behind the, the deja voodoo <laughs>
0: I picked up that line somewhere, I can't remember exactly where, but I heard it and I thought that's, oh, that's really cool, that word game, I want to do something with it, and at first it was only the song named Deja Voodoo, we had a different album title in mind, but our producer said, this is so cool, we have to name the album Deja Voodoo, because that's a name that kind of sticks in your head, and um, we thought about it and said, yeah, I guess he's right, you know, we have to named the whole album uh deja vu and after that we had ideas for cover and it opened up a whole lot of new ideas with that title
1: yeah yeah it is a, it is a cool title and you do as soon as you hear it you do remember it which is great and you know you, you talk about the cover too and again another mm-hmm. another great crystal ball cover I th- same guy that did uh, life rider right exactly yeah <clears throat> yeah and and again it's just uh, it, it's just got that whole like Swampy kind of vibe going, and uh, and just again, just like Life Rider, where you're kind of looking at the cover trying to figure it all out, that there's a lot going on on that cover as well. It looks simple at first, and you look at it, and and uh, you know, he kind of built a lot of stuff in there, which is again, uh, it's very cool. And especially nowadays, where everything's on that kind of you know, four by four CD format, that you guys are still you know, spending the time to do something cool like that.
0: Yeah, it's really important to us, and we put a lot of thought in about the cover. It's our concept, our ideas. But um, Thomas Everhard, the guy who does the cover artwork, he's really great. And uh, in putting our ideas to uh, great-looking form, <laughs> you know, to visualize those ideas, yeah. and uh, it contains all the, the. It contains the voodoo. It contains the deja vu. Actually, the reflection in the water and. As you mentioned before, uh, the doll carries that life rider symbol, which actually was a, a fan gift to us. is a real um, existing uh, pendant. We got uh, a great fan work, great fan present, and we incorporated that into the cover as well as the video clip as um, for the song Deja Voodoo.
1: Yeah, and that is actually I'm glad you mentioned that. That is a great video clip as well. And uh you know, a lot again, a lot of bands don't spend a lot of money on uh on doing things like that. You know, I was I was talking to um to Doro Pesh the other night and you know, we we're talking about the uh the love gone love's gone to hell video and how much, you know, doing a full like eighties production type of a thing for that. And mm-hmm. the fact that a lot of bands don't do it. And you guys went out and you made this great clip for the cover as well. And again, a lot of bands don't don't put that much time into it, but uh, just a really great conceptual clip, a lot of stuff going on. It's almost like, it's almost like if you, you sit back, it's like you almost have sto- like parallel stories running in the same video clip.
0: Absolutely yes, it's it's a hell of a story actually. Um, probably not not easy to get it because the script is so long. We had so many ideas for that short time <laughs> of the of the song. With that, we should make an extended version of like half an hour <laughs> to feature the whole movie. But um, then again, it's as long as people look at it and it keeps moving forward. So you know, a lot of video clips you've seen it after 20 seconds, it keeps repeating, which is fine. I mean, I know how it goes. And of course we spent some money here, but we had fun with it. You know, it was some kind of a passion to do that project, which maybe may not pay off at first, but in the long run, we just love doing those things in detail.
1: Right. Yeah. And of course the life rider pendant features prominently in that video.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, I know you guys have um, you have a tour coming up pretty soon, right? Doing, uh, what, Germany and Switzerland?
0: That's correct, yes. Uh, we also have a show in France soon coming up. But uh, the tour we're doing uh, with the Swiss band Chakra will be in Switzerland and Germany for now. Maybe it will extend to other places next year. I don't know yet. We'll see how it goes. But that's the plan for the moment. Yeah.
1: And, and that's a great bill, too, you guys and Chakra. Because, again... They're another band that has a lot of a lot of groove in the, in, the uh, in all the music as well. So I think that's going to be a very comparable night with you two guys on the
0: bill. Oh, yeah. We're really looking forward to that one. And since we're from the same area, so to speak, we know each other well for quite a while. So this is going to be a really relaxed and cool tour for both acts. That's
1: good. I mean, relaxing tour is always the better tour, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, you know, since last time I talked to you... Um, have you picked up any kind of any new gear? Added anything the, into the sonic arsenal?
0: Actually, I did. Yes, um, on the new album and also live, I'm playing uh, Duesenberg guitars now. And when, while in the studio, while recording, I always had um, problems with the tuning on my uh, Gibson Les Pauls. They sound great, they play great, but tuning was always really, really difficult, especially because we tuned down one half step. So sometimes I had to tune for each chord to get it right. And um, um, our other guitar player, Tony, he already played a Duesenberg guitar. And we realized the tuning is always perfect. You know, even after like 10 minutes, he picked it up again, recorded some stuff, and the tuning was there. And uh, so I picked up one as well. I'm happy to say that uh, we got endorsement deal with them as well, and I'm really happy with it. Great tone and um, really stable as it comes to tuning.
1: Yeah, that's that's good. I, you know, because I'm I'm thinking, wow, because I can take any one of my Les Pauls and like not even touch it for months and pick it up and it's like still in tune. But then if you're tuning down, yeah, that's that's a different thing because you just you you lose that whole uh, ability to get the, the uh, tension down on the string. So yeah, I could see that.
0: That's right. I mean, the tuning stayed, but certain chords, let's say you play, you tune it, the open chord is fine, and then you play like an F sharp or something, it, it goes a bit sharp or flat because of that um, drop tuning we do. So that was a problem. It, the tuning itself was okay, but certain chords you have to kind of retune <laughs> or maybe it's me. I don't know. But
1: <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, guitar tuning in general has always been a compromise. You're, you're going to have things on there that, that just are off. And that's why people love those sweetened tunings as well. on like, a, like a, that Peterson came up with, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's always a compromise, but as soon as you start changing from standard, yeah, you have to, like you said, probably tune to a chord. Yeah.
0: And, uh, especially in the studio. I mean, live, it, never really bothered me, but in the studio you hear everything and you start to get really picky and, and <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah. And does 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 Stefan have that ear of, of when you play that he's like, Nope, that strings out
0: Oh yeah, he does. Act exactly. Sometimes we would record another track and and listen to both guitars and sometimes we go, okay, it's you know, we can live with that and sometimes it's oh no we have to change the third chord. It's just oh I know <laughs> it's so painful we have to change it
1: <laughs> it's, it's amazing that people can do that I had there was a uh, an engineer we were working with you know back in the 80s that where I, was, I was playing something on a 12 string and he's like yep that string is off I'm like no you're crazy and listen back <laughs> and I was like oh I can't believe it. like you know 12 strings going he hears this one string is actually just slightly sharp it's like I just it's amazing people have that ear
0: yeah exactly I mean I'm amazed too I mean I can hear if something's wrong but not what string or
1: (laughs) yeah it's like yeah it's just amazing that people can do that You did Life Rider? You've got Deja Voodoo. Are you guys already in a writing cycle for the next one? Or are you just gonna? You're taking it easy for a while, doing the tour, enjoying this album for a bit.
0: Uh, we haven't started writing yet. I mean, I'm actually I'm still quite busy doing promo interviews and stuff as the US release is coming up. But I guess towards the end of the year we might start writing again. Or actually, I'm, I'm constantly. Collecting ideas at least for a new one. Uh, I don't know exactly when that's going to be released or recorded, even, but uh, I think after the tour, we'll focus on that on the next one, even though we hope to do another tour in, in spring, maybe, and, and festivals right. in the summer. But um, I'm sure there's some time in between to uh, focus on songwriting again. Yeah,
1: yeah, because I mean, with the release of this one, you guys pretty much. Missed the the festival cycle for the year coming just coming at the end of it.
0: Yeah, we did a few festivals, but not that much this year. And um, of course, we want to be ready for the next one. So uh, we'll see what that brings. Yeah. Uh.
1: yeah. So you know, with you know the fact that the, the way the industry is and, and how things sell these days and, and all of that, and it's kind of the the, the measure of success has changed over the years. You know, looking at this album, what would you consider to, to be a, a success for this album?
0: Well, first of all, if, if the fans like it, and they get lots of feedback that this is like the best album we ever did, or even if it's the second best, it doesn't matter. As long as the fans like it, it's a success to me. And as long as I'm happy with it, it's also a success, even if everybody hates it. <laughs> but, um, in fact, we uh, hit at least the Swiss charts on uh, 31 on the first week. And that was so far the best um, chart entry we had. Um, even though sales in general are going down, so it's not the same as 15 years ago, right. as it comes to hard copy sales. But still, I think um, at the moment we're, you know, as far as week we're not. Uh, let me put it right. Um, I think we're at the peak at the moment. So we have not been more successful than now at the moment. So everything's good. Of course, I wish, you know, it would be even better. I wish we could play bigger festivals or maybe do some cruises that are so cool at the moment. (laughs) Maybe that will happen in the future. I don't know. Um, Of course, I wish for that, but it's good to have goals. Of course, you know, if you achieved everything, the only way is down. So (laughs) we're still hungry and, um, you know, yeah. Time yeah. will tell where we can go with that. Sure. Yeah. But of course, we're not we're not delusional. I think you know we're not going to be big rock stars with Ferraris. So everything that's that's uh, cool, we, we you know we pick it up. We having fun. We're thankful for every opportunity and just take it day by day. Sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, of course, we should let everybody know that, you know, over at Nuclear Blast, they've got this thing on a couple of great versions. You can even get one with uh, with your official crystal ball bottle opener and stuff, too. So, uh, always always great that they actually make different versions of things. And you can get the DigiPack as well. But I should also mention that you guys also have this available on your website, that you can get it all signed and everything from
0: you guys as well, correct? That's correct, yes. Um, um, people can even ask for, like, a special mention or a special uh, uh, um, credit or something on the CD, we, we do that gladly. And, of course, signatures and stuff.
1: Right, yeah. And, and of course, you guys you have a lot of other great merch up on the uh, on the site as well. I know last time that we talked, you talked about how great the, the Life Rider uh, logo looks on a T-shirt. You guys still have plenty of Life Rider stuff up there as well. But um, I think that's one thing you guys have always concentrated on really well is having some good merch up there for the fans as well.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's what I liked as a fan myself as well. And um, um, I think it's really important to kind of put some some uh, focus on that because nowadays you can download music, but you cannot download T-shirts or other merch items. So this is um, the future of of the business, so to speak.
1: Yeah. And, and always good stuff, too, when you get it from you guys as well. Yes. Otherwise, you know, someone else is going to make something It might be crappy and you don't want that to be an indication of the band. So it's great that you guys are providing some really some really cool stuff up there.
0: Oh, yeah. Thank you. It, it's really important to us that it's good quality. And, and yeah. yeah, so we don't want to rip off anybody. It, it should be good. <laughs> mm.
1: So, you know, mention on the website. So why don't you throw out all the places on the on the web where people can find out about Crystal Ball and get in contact with you?
0: Yeah, of course, we have our website. It's uh, crystalball.ch. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, Instagram, you name it. All, all social media platforms there are, or almost. <laughs> MySpace is quite dead nowadays, but we're still on there too. <laughs> so uh, best thing, go to our website and find all the links to our other uh, platforms in the internet.
1: Right. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, it's always a great pleasure to talk to you. Uh, you know, it's Hopefully we can do this like every year about this time, which would be very cool because I get new crystal ball music and uh, we get to talk a little gear and a little music. And uh, like I said, always enjoy talking to you, Scott.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate it a lot. It was great talking to you. And uh, yeah, I hope to be back in a year or so. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. right.
1: Well, have a good rest of the day. And uh, like I said, hope I'll be talking to you again soon, man. Thank you so much,
0: Scott. Right. Have
1: a good one. You too. Bye. All right. Big thanks to Scott Leach for coming back on the show. Always a great guest. Good guy to talk to. And as you heard, if you want to get yourself some uh, Crystal Ball merch, as well as maybe pick up the new album, you can go to crystal-ball.ch. And you can always talk to those guys on Facebook, facebook.com slash crystal ball rocks. So up next is our guest, Steve Dedean from the band Pareidolia. Some of you guys may have never heard of Steve or the band Pareidolia. Others of you that like to troll around on YouTube and look for great guitar players may be familiar with Steve as he's won several different guitar competitions. And we do talk about that in the interview. So uh, if you want after this, you can go up to YouTube and search for Steve and see uh, some uh, shredding on the guitar. But right now, Steve is here to talk about his progressive metal band, Paradolia. Back on uh, June 24th, they released their uh, independent release called Betrayed Within, and you can get that on CD Baby as well as on Google Play. So let's play a little bit of Paradolia and then settle down for a chat with Steve today. And...
2: Richie. Yeah. Hi, Steve. How you doing? Oh, Steve, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so, where are you? You wanna you a fellow East Coaster, New York
3: guy? I am. I'm uh, right outside New York City, so I'm uh I'm in uh, Northern New Jersey, Bergen County area. So I'm on the same uh, same wavelength as you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we're uh, we're about 30 miles north of Boston.
3: Oh, okay, great. Yeah. That's that's a fun town.
2: Yeah, not not too bad.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I'm here. I'm here with
2: my co-host Scott. Hey, Steve. Okay. Hey, Scott.
1: What's up? Not much, man. Not much. So uh, good to have you on the show. Could You could take a little bit of time out and uh, and talk to us. I uh, It was funny. You know, Richie was saying that, uh, you know, the PR guy had wanted us to, you know, get the band on the phone and all that. And I was like, okay. And I went up and I checked a couple of YouTube videos and I was like, what is he thinking? And uh, then Richie came back and he was like, no, no, they you know he sent me the stuff and it's definitely not the band we were checking out it was like okay
3: oh okay
1: <laughs> and then uh,
3: yeah i think there's some other guys
1: yeah. yeah 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 it was like it was like you know because the pr guy i mean he knows like what we have for bands on the show and stuff like that And i'm just thinking would he lose his mind and uh yeah listen to the stuff and i was like all right no he didn't lose his mind this is definitely stuff that our listeners would definitely be
3: into Awesome, awesome. That's good to know. Thank you. No, thanks for having me. This is uh, this is
2: fun. Yeah. Well, I got to admit, Steve, until a couple of weeks ago, I'd never heard of you guys. And uh, uh, A you know, lot I, of people have it, so. Yeah. So I, I got sent the, the album and uh, I have to say I, re, I, re, I did really, really like it. Um, oh, great. Thank you. Um, but, you know, a lot of the listeners out there, they're not going to know who who the band are. So can you give us a little bit of a history about the band?
3: Um, yeah, so basically, um, well, I'm Steve Dedean and, and uh, I've been working as a, uh, solo, uh, artist and guitar player <clears throat> for maybe about past 15 years. And, um, so I've, uh, people in that sort of like internet YouTube guitar world might know me. I've, um, I've won a bunch of, uh, guitar competitions, uh, um, through Slash, Ernie Ball, uh, music man, John Petrucci, John Dones from, uh, Shadow's fall he's in anthrax now there's been quite a bit of things i've been active in just as a solo guitar player um and uh so i've been performing and you know writing and recording and, and doing my thing um and then um for the longest time i'd always wanted to just you know just have a a full band not just instrumental guitar or anything like that but just full band singer and whole album do, go the whole nine and so I was in New York City and I had been gigging with uh, my current bass player, and uh, we just decided, you know what? We have these tracks or you know whatever these riffs we demoed, so why don't we just, uh, you know, why don't we just do this? So, in the process of me looking for studio work and looking for things to do, I eventually came across uh, Chandler Mogul, who's our vocalist and our, f- our f- man for the band, and he, in his own right, you know, he's uh, he did a bunch of work with Out Loud, um, European uh, a band, and um, he did the um, New Angel record. Um, so, uh, you know, he's, he's been working himself. So the two of us together have been working to have just like a respectable following in that sort of, and it is a very like niche uh, community, I think, um, of musicians. So we've both been working independently on our own to build a following and to just you know, build uh, you know, some name for ourselves there. And then eventually when we linked up and he worked on the demos, we really loved what he was doing on it and he liked the tracks himself. It was just sort of like a perfect match. And it took a little while before we eventually settled on like the right Place to track everything, place to master everything, but eventually everything sort of uh, fell into place. So we've just been working there, and you know we've been able to get some, you know, some cool uh, gigs and some a little bit of notoriety here before the album got released. Uh, so we've just been working and, it, you know, independently, maybe some people that are into like those circles may have heard of each of us individually, but they probably don't know the band yet. So we're just trying to get the word out about the band and to just expose as many people to the record as possible. We feel very strongly about it. So it's what we're really trying to do right now.
2: Yeah. Now, now Steve, I have to ask you, um, on, on the bio, it explains what the the name of the band means, but where did the name come from? Who came up with it?
3: Um, really, the um, our bass player had suggested the idea um, about a pareidolia and how it would be a cool concept for the band. In the fact that with this release, but also in future releases, to like not have just listening to the album be the activity, right? Because when you get the album. Well, if you have a physical copy at least for me that's what I like. I like getting a physical copy of the c d it gets to tear it open it to look at the flip through the booklet it's sort of like a you know it's a fun thing mm-hmm. so um so you know so like it's like you know you get it now. it's like part of the fun of it right so um you know, you open the album and then a lot of people you know they they listen to it and they enjoy the music but and sometimes there's like cool artwork in there, but we were thinking like what if we had like um you know just like cool visuals to go along so like these almost like Uh, it's like a more like sensory experience where you have like the audio that that's really great. Then you have like these really cool sort of like visuals that maybe either go along with it or, or some sort of concept that ties the whole band together. So we were thinking about, like more of the experience of listening to the album than it just being just like an activity, if if that makes sense. So even the the album covers a pareidolia, um, it shows, uh, you know, a person's reflection in the night sky. And it's like a really kind of like a abstract concept as to why we put the album cover the way it is. But even even that alone is one. And there are others hidden within the album artwork if you look closely enough. So um, we wanted it to be sort of like Easter egg thing for some uh, um, viewer, um, you know, listeners and for people that do appreciate that sort of thing. Um, it's kind of like a tip of the hat to them.
2: Yeah, that, that is unusual these days to do something like that on the visuals because a lot of people, they'll download it and all they'll have is like this one by one inch thing on their phone as an album cover. So, right. Do you actually, yeah. do, you, do you have this thing available in vinyl at all? Are you, are you planning on doing that?
3: That's actually a really great question. We were talking about that because vinyl is like, it's really making a comeback now and um, I, I feel anyway and um, a lot more, at least, People that I know in in the music world, a lot of them are, you know, building up their vinyl collections again, and and a lot more bands are releasing them. It's a very expensive uh, thing for a a small band to do uh, because vinyl isn't uh, that cheap. You have to press them in certain, like, minimum amount of quantities for really a lot of reputable places. And so for us, we what we aim to do now is we had a, uh, we, we were actually debating cause a lot of bands don't even press physical copies unless they're really touring and, and, and playing a lot of live shows. And most people just initially release it on like a band camp or, or iTunes. But for us, we definitely wanted, we definitely wanted physical copies. Cause for me, like that's as a fan of music, not even just someone that's in a band, but as a fan, I love opening up a new CD. Like even, I don't care like if, uh, you know, I, uh, how big iTunes are streaming or downloading might be. I love opening up a physical copy. So we all want to have a really cool CD. So we have the digipack with the booklet and the lyrics and all that stuff. But then, uh, our drummer is a, he loves vinyl. He has, a, he has a really nice vinyl collection. So he was, like, really pushing for it. So it's something we do want to do because we had some really cool concepts for what we wanted to do with the vinyl itself. Um, but that's something down the road. But we do definitely want to, at some point, release that. But for right now, if people are um, into it or they do want to check it out, we do have physical copies those are on a uh, CD, baby, and then if you on uh, iTunes or Amazon, if you want to download those, um, they're also there. And they've both been mastered for their respective formats. So for CD, there's a separate master, and for the um, for the streaming or downloadable, there's a separate master for that because we're all audio files and we just we love that um, that really high quality audio. So I know a lot of people end up listening to it through like laptop speakers anyway, so it doesn't matter. But we 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 still did it just for people that our fans we just want to make sure that they
1: have that too yeah i mean that's that's great too because that's that's the thing like the other night i discovered this great band and i was like oh i gotta i gotta get this cd and i looked all over and the only thing they had was the digital copy and i just could not bring myself to only buy a digital copy as great as the music right. was like i want to put it either on my stereo or i want to put it in my right. car and it's like exactly I, I yeah yeah experience I was like i'm i'm gonna bypass it
3: that's the ultimate way for me to like, listen to an album is like, even with like other smaller bands that, you know, I think they're a phenomenal band. It's like, for me, for me to really get into that record, like, I have to be just driving around, having that in there, and half the time, you know, when you're listening to that, you don't even really remember what like the the track is going. Yeah, you know, like, track three, four. Oh yeah, I like that one because you're just flipping through it in your car, you know. So I, it's to me, that's like the best way to really like, get a, acquainted with an album is just when you're driving around and it's just playing constant, almost like the the soundtrack to your life, yeah. you know. So it's just like playing in the background. But I totally, I totally get it, and like. That's a huge reason why like, I felt so strongly about we have to do that because like, I think being in a band, <clears throat> you have to look at it not as I mean, just a musician, but also as the... Um look at it from a fan's perspective too what would they want because that's sometimes more important you know their, their opinion on that so I, I completely completely agree with you there
1: yeah and it's you know it's uh the thing too is like when you talk about you know listening to it in the car and I absolutely agree I will do that I'll put a I'll put a CD in and I'm gonna let it play and I just let it keep going over and over again and in fact they get upset yep. when they master them and you don't get like the smooth transition from the first you know the oh, last track right to the first one but what I like is that with your music, there's so much going on too. That you know, you could be driving along, and depending on what your mood is at that minute, you you will pick up new nuances in the music as well, and be like, "Oh, I didn't I didn't hear that little bass riff happening there. I didn't hear this, right? <laughs> you know, so it's you know, so it's yeah. just like this, like a monotonous thing. It's it, there's all this movement that goes on as well. So it's like it's just made for doing that.
3: Thank you. Yeah, you know, with with this um, the album in general, like we just wanted to make sure that. You know, we, we like listen to all types of bands that we think from like really technical progressive stuff to like, you know, four chord rock bands. And um, for, for me as a listener, like I just before I made the record, like we really sat down and we're like, OK, we don't want to just make a record and be like every other band and just OK, cool. We're like, we have a record out, you know, buy a record. We want to make it something that if people are going to spend their money on it, like it has to be like there has to be stuff in there that. It's not just, okay, I listened to it once. That had, like, two good tracks or whatever. We wanted there to be stuff that when people listen to it the first time, of course we want people to like it the first time, but the first time isn't even enough to listen to it. We threw in so many Easter eggs in that record that to really get all this stuff, like even, like, what you just mentioned, like, even, like, little things, like, that for people to pick up on, you really have to listen to it, like, multiple times the first time of, on the outside, you might say, oh, yeah, that has a really catchy hook here. That I really like this guitar solo. But then when you look into it, like, oh, wait a minute. Like He used this this melody. Oh, this chord progression was actually over here. Oh, and they did that. So it was like, kind of like really cool things that we threw in. So we want to make sure that if you are going to listen to it a lot of times, you're going to maybe find something new each time or you're going to get something new out of it. And so it, it makes re-listening to it maybe not just because you like the song, which is a great reason alone, but because you may even discover something new about the song. Maybe, maybe like, wait a minute, what was that media clipping saying? And then like, you might want to listen to it again. So a lot of stuff in there that we threw in that we were hoping that, you know, fans appreciate and listeners appreciate because there is so much stuff out there now. And it is hard to sort of like, you know, rise to the top and just get your name there so at least we do have a quality product it starts with that and then hopefully you know people do appreciate like that the work that we put in for it
1: like that kind of dimensionality that's like one of the things i I like when i'm when i'm mixing albums and and one advice that i've given to other people like doing albums is don't be afraid to to throw something offbeat like you know i one guy was asking me i'm i'm doing this song and i'm mixing it and they just they're really not liking what's happening with it and i was like well just what you need to do is you need to throw a shaker in there mix it right way the hell down in the mix until to you almost you can't hear it I said, they're going to come back, and they're going to go, wow, that's the great mix. They're going to have no idea why they like it, but because you just did right. that. And, and he came back, and he's like, holy crap, they, they like that mix. It's like, yeah, that's what you have to do is you have to, you have to add those little things in there. You just have to spend a little extra time to figure out what it is. And it's never the in-your-face stuff. It's always the other stuff that, that happens way back in your brain that you're not thinking about that really makes music just stick with you.
3: That's completely it. And, and the funny thing is, like, even if you look at, um, like every couple of months or so, I'll see like, some older band or whatever, they got the isolated audio tracks, the isolated this. And when you listen to some of the the stems yeah. of some even famous songs that we all know and like, you realize how amazing it is because you're like, oh wait, it sounded like that? Or that was in there? And you don't realize it um, when you're hearing it in the mix, but subconsciously I think we do appreciate a lot of those subtleties in the music. And you know, I think a lot of times even in our, our style, of more like progressive metal, hard rock, that sort of world, people think, oh, it's, it's loud, it's, hard. it's a lot of gain, and this and that. But really, when you do listen to it, no, it is all there. And especially with our music, we do have a lot of orchestral arrangements going on in the background. And, um, and once you know we play live and we have the stems going through uh, the house, people can really then hear that and like, Oh yeah, that was you now that was in there, and then they and it it all sort of like comes in and makes sense. But it is those those subtle things that really I think what what differentiates like a good record from a great one, having a really nice polished sound. And when you have those things in there, it's it makes a huge difference. And but you have to have the ear for that, and you have to care to even put it in there too.
2: Yeah, Steve. Now, you've got the progressive element of course in your music. Did you find that when you're writing the songs you had to edit yourself so that the songs didn't become like eight or nine minute pieces at any stage?
3: Uh, that's I mean that's that's such a great question because I think like with progressive music like the 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 one thing that I think turns some people off to it is the length and I hear that a lot is that progressive almost to a lot of people just means really really long technical songs and so for me I wanted the progressive element to be yes yeah, some technical aspect to it but also in the arrangements and sort of like the note choice so I usually go for more structured songs so for me i i always you know guitar player we have a disease we always want a longer solo we always want a longer this so we have to always like be mindful that the song comes first so with a lot of these i think our longest song is maybe like a little over five minutes maybe five and a half at the long I was writing oh. definitely progressive um but um I, I did want something progressive but i also wanted something that would be accessible uh to listeners too So if, if people are listening to the record, you know, most people aren't going to, I mean, unless maybe if they do like bands that have longer songs, you know, like the dream theater type, uh, type thing, um, which, which are like some of my favorite bands, you know, they, they might be cool with that. But for us, we wanted songs that we wanted to just get to the point, still say what we wanted to say. And that's almost even harder. I think, I think it's sometimes harder, um, because as bands, you know, you jam, you practice, you get so many ideas. And it can be easy to just throw the whole kitchen sink into a song and say, okay, now we'll go into this section or that section. I think it takes a lot of restraint to just say, okay, now look, this is the verse. Our bridge is here. This is what this is going to be. And so I think, um, you know, we don't want every song to be completely structured the same way, but there needs to be that element in there. So it's helpful, too, because if I, I basically wrote all of the music for the album instrumentally, everyone had their sort of input um, on that regard. Like if, if, if they but, oh no, this, this riff I don't like, or, and they would make little tweaks here. But for the most part, I would come up with that. And then because it was a collaborative effort after the fact, then we could say, okay, you know what? Not, let's cut this. We don't need that. And we had to just sort of organize it. And it really did help with the engineer too, because he had, I mean, he's a drummer by trade, but he has a very good ear for, like, uh, for time and arranging, so he would also get his input as well. So it starts with, I think, one person, and I think because through the collaborative effort of, of writing the record, you know, it, it, it can become like a, a manageable, digestible uh, a product. So most of the songs should be. But there are the elements in there, but I, I think it's, uh, most listeners should have no trouble with that.
2: Yeah. So, so what made you pick "Betrayed Truths" as the as the first single and do the, and the video?
3: Um for, for me, like I wanted like something that was like meaningful and like personal to me. Um Betrayed Within is like a sort of um it has a lot of a lot going on with it, right? So actually Denied Truths was the original demo name for Leave Me Alive, which is the second track on the record. Um and so the reason why we had ca- I called it Denied Truths was um like a lot of the media clippings in the um, in the song were about uh, media clippings regarding the Armenian genocide. Some are un- armenian and so uh, there was a lot of these things in there, and it's something that politically still hasn't really been accepted in the United States. It's been accepted in so many other modern countries around the world, um, but it was something I wrote around that time in April wh- when we commemorate that day, and so that was just... I was just really inspired to write the song. And so track number two, Leave Me Alive, um, which is like a a song, a lot of people I think that have heard the record gravitate to um, that. That's a song that even though I gave Chandler our singer, the vocal, the instrumental track, he still captured uh, lyrically uh, what I was going for, even though we never talked about what it, what it was really about or what it, what the, real, uh, I guess, essence of what inspired me to write it was. And so the Denied truths was also from a, a couple perspectives in the sense that maybe politically, in a sense, that's where I felt. But at the same time, like, uh, it's, that's essentially what a pareidolia is visually, right? So, I mean, visually, if you look at a pareidolia, it's, it's not something that's real, right? So it's, it's something you think is real, but it's not. So depending on how you want to look at it, if you want to look at it just from the band's perspective of what the band visually is, uh, describing, or if you want to look at it in a deeper meaning, what the media clippings are talking about, it's part of what's, what makes music music is it means something for every other listener. And for us, we just felt like the trade within had that sort of single quality to it in the sense that it had all the elements that were like, we had like a check, check mark or check box next to all the components of what we want in a song. We wanted great lead guitar work. We wanted a catchy riff. We wanted a really big chorus. And so we wanted like a lot of these things that if listeners are going to hear us for the first time, and maybe they may only listen to that one song, that's sort of like a very good representation of what the rest of the album is like. Is it heavy? Uh, yes, it's, it's, it's a heavy track, but um, you know it does have the melodic vocals. It has the things that we really strive to put in there. And it does have those Easter eggs in there too. And also has the orchestral arrangement. So it sort of satisfied all of the things that we wanted, and it was still in a sort of, you know, accessible length, too, that it could be a single. So we did decide, and it took a long time to decide, not only what is the single, what should the track listing be, because they all tell a story, and the oh. story has to make sense. And so each each individual song, even though they're standalone, in, in the story we're trying to tell, um, collectively they have a sort of, unifying or underlying theme to them. So we wanted each track when you go through and read the lyrics that you sort of like get a little vignette as to what we're trying to talk about or maybe what that story happens to be. So, I mean, just little things like that. But we felt betrayed within I had a really cool concept for the video. It just had everything that we wanted for it. And yeah. then we were happy with how everything came out.
2: Yeah. So final question from me, Steve, before we let you go. I'm sure a lot of people have said that your singer sounds like this guy or this guy. I I listened to him and the first time I I heard his voice, I went. He sounds like Joey Tempest out of Europe a little bit. Has anyone ever said that?
3: Um, you know he's a big um as you could tell, like a big like sort of um like eighties guy too. Yeah. Um. So like there have been times people said he sort of has like a Miles Kennedy ish vibe. Some people he looks like Stephen Tyler's like Lost Long Child. So it's <laughs> it, you know he has so he has like this, a lot of this sort of like best of the 80s elements kind of thrown in there but he does have a really modern voice too so um, you know he has like he's such an interesting guy and um, he is a very versatile singer and, he, and for what we do in, in our style like I think it totally works but I totally can see that now I'll mention that to him next time I think he will get a kick out of that yeah I, thought, I, I can totally hear that now and that, cool. that's
2: a compliment as well because Joey Tempest is
3: oh, a fantastic totally.
2: singer oh yeah for sure so
1: you know, before awesome. we let you go, start, why don't we uh, throw out all of your your various your websites, social media sites, because you know everybody uses the internet to get everything these days. So uh, why don't you uh, get the word out of everywhere they can find out about Paradolia?
3: Oh, absolutely, yeah. So um, for anyone uh, listening, it's uh, it's a it's a I guess maybe a new vocabulary word for some people. Uh, it says P A R E I D O L I A. It's Paradolia, and our most active site for right now are official websites. It's reserved and it's up, but we're, we're building it right now. Um, but the main site to go to is just our Facebook page for right now. So that's facebook.com slash the band. Um, and for anyone that's listening, if you want to check out this, to hear even just like clips of the songs to see if this is maybe your cup of tea, uh, you know, you could check us out on iTunes or Amazon, you can type in just Denied Truths, and that's our album title, and you'll definitely come across uh, our band, Pareidolia, or um, if you want, you can go to cdbaby.com and do the same thing, type in Denied Truths um, or Pareidolia if you want, and um, and you'll get the access to our physical copies. So anything on Amazon or iTunes, obviously that's going to be uh, downloadable, but like I said before, it's totally mastered for that format, so it's uh, it'll be as high fidelity as possible and same thing for the cd and if you're like me and you like physical copies that's that's totally cool and you can you can get those as well
1: awesome steve great to have you on the show uh, great to talk to another east coaster as well it's uh two nights in a row of talking to an east coast guy I talked to, to frank domino last night so uh you know it's, it's good we're awesome. keeping it on the east coast this week
3: that's cool. I like I like that. And thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. So uh but yeah, we'll keep in touch and uh Chip will keep in touch any future uh, updates about us and uh yeah, this has been a great time. So thanks for uh having me on the show. Great. No problem. No Hopefully we'll
1: spread the word about Paradolia and uh you know, when you get new stuff out too, you have you come back on and and talk about that as well and uh kind of be another uh, another good promo avenue for
3: the band. That's that's killer. Thank you so much. All right, Steve. All right, Steve. Take care. Have a great night.
1: Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Let's roll one more from Paradolia. This one is called Die Living. is a wrap for this week right here on focus on metal once again big thanks to our guest scott leach from crystal ball as well as steve today and from Paradolia. not sure what is up in store for next week but i'm thinking right now that i'm leaning towards playing an interview i just did recently with paul loge from eden's curse you may remember that a while back we had paul on when eden's curse put out their last one Put out a brand new one called Cardinal. We had Paul come back on. Always a great talk with Paul. So my thinking right now is I'll probably run that one next week along with something else. So if uh, you're listening to us in the U.S. on uh, this episode's release week, have yourselves a good Thanksgiving. Of course, a uh, to give thanks for this year in the world of metal. As great metal just keeps getting released week after week. And if you're looking for that uh, thing to do after you're sitting on the couch and you're chock full of turkey, you can't move when you're kind of just going into the food coma, you could always point your browser over to FocusOnMetal.net. Click on the episode's links and there's, uh, you know, five years worth of Focus on Metal to listen to. If the tryptophan doesn't put you to sleep, I'm sure that some of those will. So anyways, that is a wrap for this week. Uh, As usual, keep up with us on the aforementioned FocusOnMetal.net as well as FocusOnTheMetal.blogspot.com and Facebook and Twitter, all the usual social media suspects. So for uh, Richie, myself, and everybody else here at Focus on Metal, until we talk to you again, have yourselves a great metal week, and as always, remember... Focus on Metal! Everything
4: else is insignificant. Uh...